You're listening to the Carterville Church Life Podcast. I love our church family, and I hope that you do too. Our goal is that the episodes of this podcast would keep us connected and focused while we're scattered for our week on missions together. I hope that you're blessed by what you hear today. Hey, church family. Happy Thursday. Today we have Paul Howiak, who's the college pastor over at Petal Harvey. And today he and Ben are going to be talking about suffering. Hey, Paul. Welcome, man. Good to be here. So, church family, if you've only been a part of Carterville for a couple of years, uh, Paul Halleck is a guy that you're just going to know as a minister across town who we love. But if you've been here for a little longer than that, you'll remember when Paul Halleck was a Carterville and he and Aaron was a huge, were a huge blessing to our church family and our college ministry, our worship ministry. And man, it's just great. Great to have you back. So good to see you. It's good to be back. All right. So Paul, this week in our sermon, we're preaching through the Apostles' Creed, and we're at the point in the Apostles' Creed where we address that Jesus Christ suffered under Pontius Pilate. He was crucified. Mm-hmm. He was dead. He was buried. And on the third day, he rose again. And, um, you know, in First Peter, the scriptures teach us that we're supposed to walk in the footsteps of Jesus. And one aspect of that is that believers who watch the suffering of Jesus should learn to bear suffering well. Uh, that's one aspect of, of us living out the gospel is being able to suffer well. And you and I have talked a little bit lately. I know that you've been uh, researching First Peter. You've, I think, walked through a, a Bible study on First Peter with your college students over, over at Petal Harvey. So I just thought it'd be fantastic to have you in just to share a few minutes of what you've learned to encourage the Carterville family uh, to suffer well. So what did you learn in First Peter? Yeah, so I think it is, I mean, who better to write Peter? You know, for the, the letter First Peter than Peter, and so um, you see a guy in the Gospels who is no, our our Messiah doesn't suffer. You know, we're gonna we're gonna take this over by force. Yeah, right. Um, and Jesus teaches him, no, not the way. Um, and then he reinstates him and, and sends him out on this mission. And who better to write a letter on suffering well as exiles? And so what we kind of looked at was this idea of to suffer for righteousness' sake, right? So holy living, or to kind of this idea of refusing to bow a knee to culture as we are in the context of, is Caesar God or is he not? Like, right. how do we stand up for Jesus in a context that's hostile? Um, but but what I found interesting in that study is really, um, I don't think, you know, that it's this sort of statewide sort of, you know, Caesar is persecuting everybody as like it's illegal to be Christian. No, it's just like the everyday grind of, Hey, you used to be pagan and now you're not. Yeah. So now you're in exile in a country that used to be your own. And so yeah. how do you, you know, fear God and honor everybody? And, so. and, I, and in their context, the social persecution that they suffered, I mean, they're going to lose the respect of neighbors and friends. Right. They're going to lose networks in which they did business That's and right. trade. A lot of them would have lost their businesses, not because anybody from the government is coming to take it away from them, That's but right. just because they've got nobody to trade from or nobody buying with them. And they've lost the web of essential relationships that were necessary in the first century Mediterranean for them to be able to do business in the in the culture. So we acknowledge that some suffering just comes your way for no reason. Right. I mean, if you get cancer, it's not because you're being punished. You, know, right. you had an injury or an accident or sometimes life just happens in a broken and cursed creation. Life just happens and you suffer. But specifically, these brothers and sisters were suffering because they stood up for Christ. Right. And I think uh, what's interesting is Peter goes out of his way in chapter one, right? You're elect exiles. Hey, don't forget, like, you are you are chosen. You are God's people. You're not abandoned, right? And then so he kind of writes this letter of, all right, well, in light of the earth not being your home anymore, how do you navigate, 
you know, Christian, like how do you navigate culture now through the lenses of the gospel? Um, and so one of the things that you see is sort of Peter banging this drum of, hey, what good does it do you, right, to like, you know, if you, if you suffer um, for doing wrong, but like it does you, like you're blessed for suffering for doing good, right? So he kind of puts this out in this, the context of the unjust sort of the master, right? This idea of, hey, 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 slaves, hey, servants, hey, I don't want you to, to abandon ship and to, and to get out. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to understand that how you suffer well in the meantime as you await Jesus as a motivator for Peter, um, how do you, how does your holy living flesh itself out missionally? And so here's what I want you to do. Instead of cursing, bless. Instead of reviling, bless. Um, as you submit to your master, um, do so as unto Jesus, entrusting yourself to him. Um, you know, wives in a, in sort of a di- di- divided house, like how to, instead of jumping ship, like how do we um, honor Jesus in this marriage where maybe the husband is not a believer? And so may he be won by your good deeds. Um, and, and so, so even so if you're suffering under, under an unjust governor or administrator or authority or mm-hmm. boss or master or owner or even husband, I mean, no matter where the small or large sources of your suffering are coming, there are ways to suffer like Jesus, to yeah. walk in his footsteps. That's right. And but but imagine what if believers really learned the art of suffering like Jesus so that every time that we are cursed or reviled, we pay back a blessing instead of an insult. Like that's powerful thinking. I see Jesus on the cross um, having been bruised and beaten and mocked, I see the intent of evil in the hearts mm. of his executioners. And yet I see him hanging on a cross, broken, saying, Father, forgive them. They right. don't know what they're doing. And to take that model of, of honestly, Christ following, yeah. like the gospel and living that out in your daily lives. Wow. And I can imagine the impact that it had on Peter and his hearers. But yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, for sure. And I think one of the things that we walked away with in our in our time through First Peter was, okay, so what, right? And and I think one of the things that you see um, when Peter goes out of his way to constantly remind them that the earth is not your home, the earth is not your home. You know, what do you do? Like, you know, has your thinking ever been changed about, man, is Jesus really for me? Like, as I have experience loss in the workplace for standing up for Jesus or, or making a decision to not climb the corporate ladder in, a, in, in an unjust way, but instead entrusting myself to Jesus as I make righteous decisions. And then I reap, you know, seemingly bad things from that. Um, what do you do with that? And I think if we're not careful, we might, you know, enter into that idea of shaking a fist at the Lord and going, hey, what's going on? And I think for us, we really cued into, you know, suffering for righteousness you know, for Peter, he's going to tell you, don't suffer for being a meddler or a murderer right. or a thief. Hey, suffer for righteousness. And, and and I think if we're not careful, we need to remind ourselves that it's not a marker that Jesus is not for us or that he's abandoned us, but actually it's a sign that we're walking in the footsteps and pattern of Jesus. So, you know, one of the things we walked away with was suffering, you know, for righteousness is a marker of a believer, not that you're not in God, you know, God's graces, but you're actually in it. That's a great point because I think the de facto thought for people, especially when we're kind of coming out of cultural Christianity and we really haven't learned the character of God yet, um, it's easy for people to think that if things are going well in your life, oh, God's blessing That's you. That's right. But then if things are going badly, obviously God's God's against you. He's disciplining you. He's punished. But that's not always the case. In other words, we think that if we're suffering, something's wrong. And we look at God, like you said, we shake our fist and we say, why are you doing this? I deserve better. 
right? Right. Um, but if you are following the footsteps of Jesus and you watch him, like his footsteps lead to the cross. That's right. And if I'm following Jesus and Jesus is my pattern, well, his his life of total righteousness led to self-sacrifice right. and salvation of the world. And so if I'm following Jesus and suffering comes my way, I can't look at God and say something's broken or wrong here. Rather, I look up and say, okay, I'm getting it right. That's right. You know, I'm I'm following Jesus. And just no like servant's greater than his master. That's right. Excellent. Yeah. And, and I know that some believers are going to make it through their life without a ton of right. suffering for righteousness sake, mm-hmm. especially in, in our, our context, context where yeah. there's tons of, you know, acceptance of just the Judeo-Christian mindset mm-hmm. at least, but a lot of respect for virtue and morality. All right. So a lot of believers are not going to ever have to suffer for the gospel in a major, major way. Not the way that the readers of First Peter did. Right. But still, I think some pressure and suffering come our way. And I wish that we had more courage and strength to stand for the glory of Christ That's right. and not collapse uh, beneath the weight of social pressure. Mm-hmm. And I think you can find a lot of hope for that in First Peter. That's right. Amen. I think my, you know, just sort of my last two thoughts as we walked away from First Peter um, in our in our time in in, in in the Word together at our college ministry. Um, the other thing was, uh, you know, I think the the question we're always asking is like, God, what are you doing in this moment? Like, what are like, what's the purpose of this? And I think um, it's like the old saying, you know, marriage is a laboratory for sanctification. And I think the same thing of suffering, like for righteousness sake, is it's producing in you this sort of genuineness of faith, this sort of union with Christ, this sort of joining in with Paul saying, man, it's a joy to share in these sufferings um, because you know that you're walking in the footsteps of Jesus. And then lastly, we said your response, um, our response, um, easier said than done, I think, to suffering for righteousness is missional, right? It's not just between you and the Lord, but as you are a temple, little stones being built up, shining as lights in this world, people are looking in and they're seeing your good deeds in hopes that they glorify your Father in heaven. And so I think that we sometimes lose sight of our response to suffering. You know, Paul and Philippians do all things without grumbling. Like you shine as lights in the world. Nothing puts a like a, a shade on that more than as we join in and complain and we grumble and we grit our teeth at what God's doing. No, um, entrust yourself to a faithful creator um, is kind of what I think is the drum that's being beat through First Peter as you await the coming of Jesus as your motivator. So one of the well-known passages in First Peter is uh, in chapter 3, you know, when Peter says, always be ready to give an answer to anybody who asks mm-hmm. you for the reason for the hope that you have in Christ Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. And I want to encourage our church family to go back and read First Peter chapter 3 and recognize right. that Paul's suspicion that a culture might ask you one day, man, why do you cling to this hope in Jesus? It was built on the idea that they are suffering well. Like, why would anybody ask them, where did you get this hope in Jesus? And part of the answer is because in First Peter chapter 3, we are taught how to suffer in the flesh, knowing that we we'll be raised with Jesus Christ. That's right. And so one of the things that wins the favor of outsiders is when they see that a believer can suffer well. Anybody, anybody right. can walk through prosperity rejoicing. Right. But to be able to pay back an insult with a blessing, to be able to, to submit to an unjust authority, to be able to love and show respect when things are hard, that gets the attention of the world because it shows off the integrity of the gospel. That's right. So I just want to sort of push our church while we're scattered on missions. 
One of the one of the shifts in mindset that I believe is necessary in order for us to suffer well is we've got to shift from thinking about ourselves as the focus, our own personal happiness and comfort, and shift until we have a priority on the mission of Christ and the glory of God. Because if our priority is, what can I accomplish for the gospel's sake in my flesh today, then suffering is just part of the process, and it can very well serve to glorify Jesus Christ. But if my goal is you know, just the American dream, just success, just comfort, just my own ego or my own pride, uh, well, then suffering seems like quite a setback. Right. And so I think the fundamental shift for us is let's follow Jesus and let's live for the sake of his glory and for his gospel. And with that mindset, then maybe the suffering we encounter in middle school, high school, college, mm-hmm. adult life, you know, parenting, marriage, old age, right. you know, maybe the suffering we face, especially our topic today, suffering for righteousness sake, Maybe that is redemptive. Maybe we can use it for the gospel's sake um, in ways that glorify Jesus and it won't be wasted. Amen. Hey, Paul, thanks for being with us today, man. Yeah, it was great. Great to be here. Church family, I love you. Suffer well. Mm-hmm.